Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about the most inspirational returns in the history of pro wrestling. That's right. The most inspirational returns, whether it was injury, whether it was personal demons, whatever it was, reality-based returns that really inspired you as a pro wrestling fan. Tommy and I both have our top 10 list, and also we asked the Busted Open Nation, which come up with some great responses. We do that all right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Tommy, before we get into the, the topic of today's show, because you mentioned inspiration, and we're going to be talking about, like, you know, top most inspirational wrestlers returns. And and I think it's a good topic for a day like today for a time, like we're going through right now and, and everybody's struggling and, and every, everyone's going through a tough time. Everyone this this pandemic has affected everyone uh, in, in certain ways. And I think we kind of, you know, feel bad for ourselves and, you know, you want it to be like it was a year ago and, and I think everyone's going through that type of a mindset. And then I hear the story about your friend passing away and it kind of puts things into perspective, you know, you know, to have that kind of fight and you're fighting for your life, you know, somebody who, you know, heart, you know, something we take for granted, you know, just waking, being able to wake up in the morning and knowing that when you go to bed at night, you're going to wake up that next morning. Not everyone is able to. Uh, to, to have that, you know, the every day is a struggle just to, to breathe is a struggle just to get through the day is a struggle. And, and Tommy, you're one of the most positive people I know. And uh, to be able to give that girl a gift that you were able to give her. And like you said, bringing her to a, a WWE event where she was able to meet the new day who was her heroes. Uh, that's the power of, of not only just professional wrestling, but the power of humanity and especially during these tough times and look around and see what people are going through. We, we can make a difference. And I'm just so glad, Tommy, that she was able to meet you and get to know you uh, before her short life ended, because everybody needs to have a friend like that. And uh, and I'm sure it's somebody that's going to inspire you for the rest of your life. That's not somebody you're ever going to forget. And you'll probably go to your dying days remembering the short interactions that you had with her. Absolutely. Um, the moment I got the email from her mom, because it was a, wasn't an email I, rep, I remembered, uh, and I saw her name and I remembered her like it was the entire experience, like it was yesterday. And, you know, I'm one of millions of stories for, you know, the WWE wrestlers meeting people, uh, you know, with the whole, you know, John Cena granting so many wishes. And, and I don't know if that has continued with this current pandemic. I can't see that it has, but there, there's a lot of people, Mick Foley, you know, goes above and beyond meeting uh, people. There, there's so many different people that, that do stuff, but there's, I think it's because we're wrestling and we're wrestling fans. Like we don't, we don't treat people any different. I think because we're, we've all been outcasts or misfits because of like this crazy world of professional wrestling. I weirdly started thinking of a picture of me, Bubba, Jericho, um, hurricane. And there was this guy, he had no arms or legs and we were all in Chicago and he was like, Hey man, I want to take a picture, you know, and we're like, yeah, cool. 
and we're all just seriously having a conversation and he walked up on us in the back. He just came into the back and like hurricane, I think was like, what you doing here? And he was just like, oh, I just wanted to take pictures. And I, I think it was like, Bo would be like, normally we punch you in the face, but come over here. We take a picture, whatever. Uh, and then I remember like Jericho asked him if he wanted to come out uh, and hang out with us later at the bar uh, drinking. And it was just a normal day for us where this guy who's, he had no arms or legs and like he would, I don't know how he would like walk, but he was walking and like stuff like that. And I have a picture. I, I know I have this, this picture cause I recently saw it, but it's cool that we don't treat people differently. And in a world where we go on social media and it's negative when a world of racism and a world of that really needs change for us in wrestling as the wrestlers, we always really like, we'll have our different political opinions uh, and such, but when we're all band together doing what we do, we'll, we just, we don't care and we treat everybody equally, which is cool. Yeah. And you know, I want to, I want to dedicate this show, uh, Tommy, uh, to Jocelyn, as you mentioned in your tweet, you know, somebody who is very, very special to you. And I think about it, you just, met her by chance you know it's it's you know that's the craziness of, of our world is that somebody that can make that big of an influence on you and your life could it just be by chance so i i, I really want to dedicate uh, this show to her and to her memory and to her life as short as it was it's something that's going to last forever um and i i just hope people just you know look around a little bit um, and understand what's going on. And as, as hard and as difficult as these times are, there's people out there that are really going through a life and death struggle and yeah, just remember those people. Yeah, and with, listen, the, the amount of contact I've had with people because of this, cause I do, I read all your comments and I, I had great DM conversations with people who've told me, about, and I've discussed this before wrestling. I had, I had a long conversation last night with somebody and he was like, Hey man, uh, I just got to tell you, you saved my life. I was a young boy, uh, being molested. No one was believing me. And if it wasn't for you and wrestling, I was going to take my own life. And now I'm, I have a child. I have a, the love of my life. And I got through this because of wrestling and that's what wrestling is supposed to do. It's supposed to make us and help us forget and make us want to tune in the very, very next week. And that's what, you know, all these platforms are for. So, um, you know, uh, that's why I kind of always, and I want to live in my crazy world of professional wrestling because, Hey, there's going to be, I get to tune in tomorrow to next week. And, you know, for wrestlers that are listening to this, like I said, that's kind of our, our commitment, our job. And you don't realize the effects you have on someone. Cause I didn't from ECW never. Cause it was all about ECW from my career in WWE, because you're trying to chase this uh, dangling carrot and success. But I got to appreciate it once I left and I was on the Indies and I did get to meet all these people on a, on a, smaller scale, but it touches you in a much bigger platform. And, you know, we all have been through tragedy. We're all going through uh, crap every single day, but you know, Hey, reach out to somebody or, you know, donate to somebody's GoFundMe because Hey, $5 helps um, whatever we can afford. And if you can't afford it, then it's just a nice encouraging word to somebody else. And that's a good way to uh, help somebody out or just be uh, someone to listen to. Boxing according to Ock. These fighters are risking their lives every time they step in a boxing ring. There shouldn't be any mistakes from any judge. I don't care how difficult it is to judge a fight, how close a round is. If you're not equipped to be a judge, you shouldn't be judging a prize fight. That judge should not be able to judge anymore immediately. The Yak and Barack Show, weekdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. Most inspirational returns in the history of pro wrestling. Gotta be honest, Tommy, you know, I, I, I didn't have 
uh, my already laminated list of inspirational returns. This was something that you and I and Gabby came up with when we were talking and having a conversation yesterday about what we wanted to get into today. And I didn't already have the list. So I had to come up with the list. And unlike a lot of lists that you and I have done in the past, a lot of the names and a lot of the returns are very, very recent, which is very rare when we do these top 10 lists. Usually with these top 10 lists, it's going back to stuff that happened in the 80s and the 90s. But I got to be honest with you, a lot of these returns are things that have happened in the last 10 years in pro wrestling. Uh, I agree. Well, it's also because back then you didn't know what was real or not real. And we're talking about real life situations where people have made comebacks. A lot of this conversation stemmed through real life, like Rich Swan coming back, you know, announced last night on impact, you know, Rich Swan has a, a real situation where he broke his leg, his foot, his ankle coming back against doctor's orders. It's a good story, but Hey, he has to sign a release. Uh, Eddie Edwards getting hit with the baseball bat ignited his career in impact wrestling by, and this is what we're talking about. Like with the Mickey James situation, sometimes real life situations will then institute something better for a character career. I look at hell. I look at myself like I broke my neck continued to wrestle, did not know I broke my neck. And then I broke my back. If I would have, and I, and someone like said, they sent me a picture of the ECW ratings from the wow magazine and the end of the, the line while I was ranked number five said, I hope his back holds out. And I seriously think about that. Like if I would have taken some time off, I couldn't and I didn't. But like if I would have taken even like three months off and had that moment where, hey, I'm so hurt, I can't wrestle anymore. And then I come back against doctor's orders. Maybe I would have won an inspirational wrestler of the year. But I never took that time off. Or when the Dudleys broke Beulah's neck when we're talking about inspirational stories, that was the hottest business ECW ever did year to year from heat wave to heat wave was the most money for our live events, for our TV show, uh, for our arenas where fans would come in with the Dudleys and Sandman. And like, it had so many different variations of it, but it was, Hey, they broke Beulah's neck. They got her out of professional wrestling and this is revenge. And, you know, we showed it a million times, me being handcuffed and, and watching this heinous act. If Beulah would have eventually come back, it would have been an amazing inspirational story. She did years later um, and, and got her revenge on Bully Ray, but it wasn't as special because people forgot about it. And it wasn't, you know, that was during WWE ECW one night stand. But what I'm trying to say is real life scenarios and why this is more topical for, because it is real. Uh, I have a few older ones, but for the majority, like, you know, you said, it's going to be the last 10 years because back then, you know, guys would get hurt and you, the legitimacy of it was, was a lot in question for us to have a real laminated list like you have. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it in to make it. Somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Back in the saddle again. Who made the return? Who inspired you? Who came from real-life adversity to return to the squared circle? And, Tommy, this is definitely the perfect opportunity to dive in to the Busted Open Nation. You ready? Of course I'm ready. And, again, we want real-life scenarios. There are so many people there who uh, we have some real-life stuff 
And that's where we want to hear from the nation because they give us the real life stuff as well. All right. Let's you got it. Let's go out to Matt in Philly. Matt, give us one of these inspirational returns, buddy. Hey guys, good morning. I just want to say thank you for having me on the call today. This is uh you guys are new to me. I've been uh, been listening for the past two months or so. You've made my my commute to work wonderful and my commute home even better. So thank, uh, you, thank you guys for that so much. Uh just wanted to talk about uh maybe a little bit before my time, but uh, I recently watched a documentary on it. I just thought overcoming adversity and that is with the Von Eric family. I know it's a touchy subject sometimes, but I mean, going all the way back from the early childhood of Jack Jr. drowning at like six years old, and then uh, the you know the suicides with each brother. Uh, I know it's a touchy subject when we talk about that over and over, but at the same time, it's what a family would do to keep their legacy alive, and that's just kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, Mike, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Matt. Thank you first of all for listening, and I'm glad you discovered us. And and Matt, I think the Von Eric family is is definitely worthy of an inspirational return. I, in particular, when I unveil my top ten list, I have a I have a member of the Von Eric family on my list, and you know. Tommy, we've had Kevin Von Erich on this show many times. And, man, you want to talk about somebody who has a very, very positive outlook on life. You can tell that he has definitely brought that down to his sons, who are both now wrestling for MLW. But uh, a lot of tragedy, Tommy, with that Von Erich family. Yeah, his speech was awesome. And uh, the positivity like he was... And he addressed it. He addressed all the tragedies, but he was like, I was blessed to be alongside my brothers and have all these great experiences. Um, and yeah, marred by tragedy when we look at it now. But back then, it was just, you know, everybody was a rock star. Everybody was super duper over in that territory. And the moments that they were all together were magic. And, you know, as every single thing happens uh, to it, it, it it should be a family that was marred, you know, remembered to be marred in tragedy, but for the surviving member, when he puts it over the way he does and he just like, I love the fan, the fact that I was able to sign autographs for fans or, or people still talk about it. So it's not tragic to him. So, and he's the one who lived through it. So it's shouldn't be tragic to us. Yeah. And, and Matt, thank you so Matt, thank you so much for the phone call. And and it, it's a really good call because we've seen, Tommy, a, a lot of documentaries, books, specials, you know, the rise and fall of the Von Erich family. I think now if they're going to have a documentary or a book about the Von Erichs, it would be the rise, the fall and the return of the Von Erichs. Because honestly and truly, I think they've put a nice final chapter on the Von Erich story because there was a lot of tragedy and there was definitely a downfall to that Von Erich family. But you look at what Kevin's be able to been able to do in his personal life, Tommy, and then his son's now wrestling and becoming champions with MLW. It's a nice ending to what has been an up and down story with that family. Yeah. Living in everybody living together. I mean, we spoke to him. He's, He's happy. And if he's happy in his life, that's cool. And just chilling with his wife in Hawaii and his entire family and his grandkids. And they basically take care of him. That's a, a pretty good way to uh, enjoy your life and your life's hard work. Yeah, definitely. Let's go out to Russell in South Dakota. Russell, give us an inspirational return, my friend. WWE Smackdown, September 13th, 2001 with Lillian Garcia's singing of the national anthem and Vince McMahon's speech. Nice. I was there live. You're one thousand. It changed my life. Changed my life. And like I, I repeated all the time on the show, Vince held a meeting with everybody and said, you don't have to go out there and perform um, and said, but it's our job as entertainers to help the world heal and to put smiles on people's faces. And I was never, ever, I felt for the first time in my life, patriotism. And I was never, ever so proud to say I lived in the United States. And a tragedy caused that. But for the first, and it was the first time I ever heard the national anthem, and I cried. Because I realized what our freedoms are. 
and how our life just changed. Great call. I'm getting teared up again. I'm full of emotion. Let's talk about Kevin Von Erich. I'll put the claw on you, David. I can't. I don't want to talk real life. I got him full of emotions. Uh, uh, and, and Russell, thank you so much for the phone call, buddy. And I, I think everybody got teary eyed uh, watching SmackDown. You know, it's a couple of days after, you know, 9 11, before baseball, before football. I mean, the WWE made that return and, you know, seeing Vince McMahon, his face staring at that flag when it, it, how, how that, how somebody can't get emotional. It's, you know, and we'll, we'll be back there again, Tommy, because you look at what's going on right now in the world and, you know, the lack of crowds, you know, WrestleMania going from, you know, 80,000 people the year to, before to zero fans. I, we're we're going to get there's going to be that return. Guaranteed there's going to be that return. Listen, man, the NFL just started, you know, the Thursday night game. They're talking about Arrowhead Stadium, 17,000 fans. Jacksonville had, was the only game on Sunday that had fans. You and I talk about this all the time. The world has stopped because of the virus and the pandemic. Wrestling never did. 9-11, the world stopped. Wrestling was the first thing that came back as a live assembly of people. We were all terrified. They gave us, well, I believe it was at the, the in we were in Houston, Texas, the Toyota Center. And they were like, they've gone extra precautions. It was the first time I'm coming into a building and we had to be there early because we had all these police checking our cars for bombs. And like, I remember like, hey, we're wrestling here. We're not going to blow up this building. But this was all new to us. And like what I said, man, wrestling has so many firsts. I don't think it gets the credit for it because they're talking about the NFL. Like, well, we're the first talking, you know, people with having fans. And now also people want to be, oh, it's morally irresponsible, all that stuff. But like AEW had fans before anybody. And again, professional wrestling, it's, it helps, I guess, set the tone. It, it's, I view it as everybody's little bastard that no one wants to acknowledge, but yet mm -hmm. aren't, we know the power of our show. We know the power of our show for serious. We know the power of our show for our fans. So they know the real deal. Put the claw on everybody wrestling, uh, wrestling the best. I'm clawing. And not the, and listen, and, and no disrespect, not the ba Baron Von Rashney claw. It's, it's the Von Eric claw, correct? Yeah, it's because it's a baby face. Yeah. But Baron was Baron a baby Von face. used to do it this way. Well, when he was a heel, but you got to understand the claw. If you do it this way, Blackjack Mulligan style, but the claw, the Von Eric's put it over the top of your head. Like your little yes. brother like, mushes your head. Yeah, not the uh, not the uh, Lance Archer claw either. The Von Eric claw. Did your brother ever put the claw on you? No, my brother wasn't a wrestling fan, so he wouldn't think about putting the claw. Well, no, you guys never like fake. You know, you guys never wrestled or fought oh, when you yeah. were. Kids. Oh yeah, he broke my leg. I told you the All story. Right. He broke he yes. broke my leg wrestling. But he didn't break he your leg, leg putting the figure four on you. No, he broke my leg by by throwing me down a, a, a flight of stairs. That's how he so like you never came back because a real claw can hurt a head. But what I used to do the claw and I would put it on and I'd have to grab the person's head because unless you have that grip that can crush apples, you can't really hold the person's head. So you had to put him like in a headlock and then you put the claw on. Him. And hey, it's the temples. You got to press down on the yeah. temples. Oh, That's my gosh. My the pain, the excruciating pain <clears throat> when the Von Eric claw is clamped on your head. I, I don't know how we got into that, but we're talking about inspirational returns. That's what we're talking about on today's show. Who inspired you? Who got you emotionally involved? What's the return? Your favorite wrestler? Maybe not even your favorite wrestler. Maybe it was a heel. Somebody you hated, but they came back from adversity. And now you absolutely love them i have a list i have a top 10 not laminated yet list of my top 10 most inspirational wrestling returns i have my list of 10 of course tommy cut it down did you do five or 10 tommy i did 10 
You did ten. First, I had five, and then I did ten. Well, I get parameters. Something you know, we when we're doing the podcast, we got we had to join our lists because the show gets so popular, David. And then yes. everyone wants yes. to come involved and change stuff up. Just leave us alone. I'll do double claws on everybody, every producer, every creative person. Just go away. Let us do what we got to do. Hey everyone, this is Kirk Morris. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Can you please <sighs> indulge the busted open nation and give us your top 10 most inspirational wrestling returns, sir? All right. If you want to talk about crazy Tommy dreamer brain and remembering dates, May 6th, 1984, David, what does that trigger in your brain? May 6th, 1984. What? That's right. Parade of champions, world class championship wrestling carry von eric becoming the nwa world champion with the backslide oh my god imagine a backslide a wrestling move winning a match never happened again 20 years later uh carry von eric's inspirational winning the title for his brother uh david von eric was a hell of a story for me being a young uh, person and experiencing loss of a wrestler. You saw the whole yellow rose of Texas wearing his brother's jacket, fans crying, uh, the videos leading up to this, him dedicating the match to his brother uh, was amazing at that time. Drew about 45,000 people to uh, where some job or football team uh, plays. That was my number 10, Kerry Von Erich's return. Then number nine, we all witnessed it go down live on a clash of champions when a man called Sting hit the ring and tore up his knee when he hit a steel cage. And we were going to go, we were all waiting for the epic Sting versus Ric Flair. We knew it was going to be Sting's time. He bashes his knee when they're having this really weird six man of the horsemen versus Buzz Sawyer, Great Muda, and Kendo Nagasaki match. Stink, and it totally flip-flopped uh, challengers. And back then, they were acting like this was a career-ending injury for Sting. And I also remember the interviews where you're having Sting for the first time without makeup, though he's wearing the sunglasses and he's wearing the awesome Zubaz sweatpants. Yep. But that whole build-up to Sting's return was awesome for me because there was no bigger little Stinger than a young Tommy Dreamer. And just that whole buildup and Sting finally coming back was, and and like I said, the buildup of, they never made you forget that Sting was not there. And his comeback was phenomenal. Number eight, one of the callers uh, had talked about a little bit of it, but I want to talk about Eddie Guerrero's return to the WWE. They were very, very open with his past demons and why he lost his job. And when he came back, he was like this new person. I was fortunate enough to be friends with him from ECW, but to see him go through the highs and the lows, and then to make his comeback into the WWE, which then all literally ended with him winning the WWE title was an amazing return for this amazing performer, Eddie Guerrero. And that whole comeback and that whole, but acknowledging what he had to go through to get there was very, very open and honest with the WWE and the WWE universe. And Eddie Guerrero's return to professional wrestling was so inspirational. And then when I look at all of this stuff, like when I talked about Kerry Von Erich, when I talked about Sting, it's also the business aspect from it, from how much money then was generated from that comeback, because that is a big part of this as well. It's that human emotion that's going to draw asses in the seats because I have, I look at things a little differently, but there's this connection of people to 
dollar signs in people's real signs. And it's also dollar value for that wrestler coming back as well. Uh, man, I was there live from my number seven one and the wrestlers were, weren't told about it. And we got to experience it live. Even our lovely Gabby said, I couldn't believe when I heard his reaction and it was probably the best Royal rumble of all time. John Cena's return in the Royal rumble coming back from his injured peck months before he was supposed to. And when that music hit in Madison square garden, it was one of the loudest things I've ever experienced. And I was in that Royal rumble where I got one hell of a pop, but then just going back and watching it on FS one. And I was like, Holy crap, was this an amazing rumble? You had the return of Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snuka, all these great moments. And then to give you that, Another amazing moment. It was just, and this was a time when the people were very, very non-receptive towards John Cena and you had the John Cena haters. But at that moment in time, there was 20 some odd thousand people loving every bit of everything that John Cena did. And his comeback was off the charts. And then Capital, he won it and went on to uh, WrestleMania. As a wrestler for a long, long time, we had um, a club. It was an exclusive club. Not that you really want to get into it, but it was a broken neck club because so many people had broken their necks being professional wrestlers. And they all either had the scar in the front because the old school scar was we called the zipper and they would go in through the back and they have a zipper scar. But in the front, you have a little scar right here. Uh, I'm officially a member of the Broken Neck Club, but I never had a surgery, so I'm in my own little club. It's a club of one. But there was, I'm telling you, Rhino, Chris Benoit, Edge, Kurt Angle. The list goes on and on of all these wrestlers that had, you know, the Broken Neck Club. But my number six person is a female because she was the first member when Lita broke her neck. And then Lita's comeback. And we all had compassion as wrestlers. And not to sound sexist, but we would always like, but she was a girl. She was a woman. And we all had an extra layer of compassion because our friend, Amy, broke her neck. And then when she came back from a broken neck injury and hitting that first ever moonsault, it was like, oh, my God, look what this woman overcame. And we all knew she was tough and she was one of the boys. But her return and her then longevity in professional wrestling, but coming back from a broken neck and all that stuff that she went through was why that's my number six return. Now, now my number five, Dave, and I'm going to go old school because the moment I say it, you're going to picture this picture in your head. A long, long time ago in a land far, far away, one of the most dynamic performers of all time, the living legend Bruno San Martino broke his neck. And back then in the 70s, a broken neck was you're, you're done. And there was a picture of him laying in a hospital bed, old school traction, no halo because that didn't exist. They literally held your head with pulleys and a chin strap and you couldn't move and that's what held your neck in place and yeah they gave it to stan hansen for breaking his neck with the lariat uh that hasn't been the case there's been a lot of speculation whether it was a, a errant body slam or an errant uh just taking a turnbuckle wrong but bruno san martino and his return from a broken neck from the 70s to the status that he got afterwards. If you think about the time now, you know, pitcher Sandy Koufax, you know, he basically would have needed Tommy John surgery could have come back. Couldn't happen. Old school football players, when they blew out their knees, their careers were done. Now people blow out their knees or blow out their Achilles and they're able to come back. But medical profession wasn't as advanced, but Bruno San Martino did it through training and, Think about like what's going through this man's head at that time, coming back from a freaking broken neck. Yep. Number four, 
even though there was several wrestlers, wrestlers involved in this, I would say my number four person, the nature boy, Ric Flair, surviving a plane crash and breaking his neck and his back. And again, we're talking about, I will have to reiterate, surviving a plane crash. And yes, Gary Hart was in that plane crash. And yes, Austin Idol was in that plane crash, but they didn't have the career that Ric Flair did or take the bumps that Ric Flair did or became the NWA champion. And Total, because of that plane crash, changed his body, changed his persona and to become the nature boy, Ric Flair. But surviving a plane crash is one thing and I mean, think about having to get on a plane again yep. after going through all that. But to think of the career that the nature and he's had a lot of comebacks in life. And I'm happy that the nature boy is still with us and still making all these comebacks. But back then it all started with the biggest comeback. And that's why he is my number four. Now, my number three, we already discussed. It's the return of edge when the doctor said. Uh, hey, you can't wrestle anymore. We saw this star cut down in his prime. It was the night after WrestleMania. He went out there and, you know, he signed uh, a form basically not holding the WWE liable when he went through all that stuff. I've been with him. I've been with him when he broke his neck. I've been with him through every single injury. I always saw when he would come back. I'll never forget when I picked him up uh, at the airport waiting. And I was like, Oh my God, he looks amazing. And, you know, I've been with him when he tore his Achilles and all these setbacks, even though he's going through another setback, that one moment that we got from the Royal rumble, as well as then his WrestleMania match. And yeah, it's another injury going after that. And hopefully we'll get another edge comeback, but that edge return from a real life life. When a doctor says, you take one more wrong fall, you're paralyzed or crippled. And he risked it all for the sake of loving this business. And going back and doing that is why that's my number three. My number two, Daniel Bryan and the Yes Movement. Uh, I never almost got choked up to the point of crying than I ever did with Daniel Bryan's return. And not only are we talking injury, we're talking you know, from neck stuff, but we're also talking about concussions. And it was the first open and open discussion we've ever had about concussions in professional wrestling on the air. And trust me, I know what it's like to deal with concussions. Every wrestler does. And as I get older, I sometimes worry about that. Um, but Daniel Bryan opening up and, and in the world of social media and, and every, it, it was Daniel Bryan's choice. But the fact that he was able to come back, the fact that that whole yes movement was able to continue because here was a guy who was never supposed to be where he was. And that's why we loved him and perhaps should be one of the greatest. When we talk about the greatest of all time, Daniel Bryan's name goes out there because he could go heel babyface, and just continues to get over. And that's why Daniel Bryan's return is my number two. And my number one is what we're witnessing. It's a different side of him, but Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns coming back from leukemia and Roman Reigns doing all that he did with, and his second bout of it. Roman Reigns doing all that he does and being the face of the WWE and being worn down and, and taking its toll on his health and then coming back. It's a decision this man did not have to make. I don't think he needs the money. Roman Reigns coming back from cancer is inspirational to every single person who fights with cancer. And if he can do it, I can do it. And it's his second bout. I know Roman Reigns' story. He was diagnosed when he got signed from the NFL. And it was one dream. And when he was taking his physical with the NFL... I believe it was with the Bengals and they told him he had an issue. And then that dream was taken away of football career. And then he had the dream, Hey, let's fight for my life. I solve that. And then I saw go for my other dream of professional wrestling. I'm at the top of my game and it gets taken away and it's covered in every outlet of the world. 
Hello, SiriusXM. This is Pat McAfee. Starting Wednesday, my show is coming to Mad Dog Sports Radio. If you don't know me, here's a resume. I used to kick balls for a living. Sometimes I do comedy. I'm an undefeated professional wrestler except for one match. And I do a radio show where I'll entertain the living hell out of you with sports takes and some stories from my crazy life. The dumbest sports show to ever exist, The Pat McAfee Show. We're on weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern starting Wednesday on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however the hell you stream in your house. I was going to say your list was on point. Let me give my list before we get back out to the busted open nation. I'll go quick because we have a lot of, uh, of same wrestlers on our list at number Shocker. 10. What's that? Shocker. 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 I didn't even know her. All right. Um, <laughs> Stop it. Let's go to list. Calm down. I'll take over the show while you get your wind, you get your breath. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Busted Open. We are two grown men who pose. Uh, we're children. Our host, Dave LaGreca, has to get it back together because he hears words. So as a child, he's got to give his list. It's not laminated yet. He's no, great. I will get a laminate. At number 10, Tommy. I have you, Tommy Dreamer, at number 10, as you talked about before. What, uh, probably up to 16 concussions, uh, broken neck, uh, back, and all the comebacks that you've made, uh, you know, in, in the world of ECW and the WWE uh, of WWE uh, version of ECW as well. I have Tommy Dreamer uh, on my list at number 10 of most inspirational returns at number nine. We talked about it and you talked about that, that uh, great Royal rumble moment at number nine. I have John Cena. I mean, coming back in, in, in less than three months from that injury. It's, it's amazing what he was able to do. And at number nine, I have John Cena at number eight. And this did not end well, but if you think back to, to 1985, 1986, uh, Toxic shock syndrome for Mike Von Erich and uh, a, a fever that went up to 107. And he had that injury in Israel, you know, had that surgery. His, his, his uh, fever went up to 107 and toxic shock syndrome where the entire Von Erich family around his bed uh, thinking that he was going to die that night. Not only did he not pass away, but actually he was able to make an in-ring return. Uh, a tragic end to Mike Von Erich, but that moment, you know, everybody talked about it as most inspirational in 1985. And number seven, you mentioned it, the broken neck, Bruno San Martino coming back uh, in that match from Stan Hansen, one of the greatest of all time, the living legend, you know, at, at that moment, Bruno San Martino, we lost him, but man, what a career he had. And Bruno San Martino at number seven, at number six, he was your number one. And I can understand why Roman Reigns, battling leukemia, making his comeback. Now, maybe one of the most hated men in the WWE, but Roman Reigns in that monster comeback. You mentioned this as well. At number five, I have Eddie Guerrero. A lot of our callers mentioned Eddie Guerrero. At number four, is a little bit higher on your list, Daniel Bryan. We thought we lost Daniel Bryan. I mean, we used to have discussions about why are we talking about the return of Daniel Bryan? That's never going to happen. And he returned. And he returned at WrestleMania, uh, where it all started for him uh, in New Orleans at number four, Daniel Bryan. At number three, something that we talked about a lot today, Edge. And, and what an amazing moment. You know, um, that moment will be etched in time because who knows when we're going to be able to get 40,000 people in a stadium to watch uh, a wrestling event again at number three, Edge. Such an amazing, amazing moment. And number two, I have Jim Ross. Those battles with Bell Palsy and for him to come back and really become the greatest voice in the history of pro wrestling. And being able to do that, you know, and his second half of his career, even better than the first half of his career. And I have Jim Ross at number two. And at number one, you know, you mentioned the plane crash, the back the nature boy, Ric Flair, when you see him, you know, he has always has that moment where he's caught at the top rope and gets body slammed off the top rope. If you notice when he falls, he never falls flat on his back because of that back injury that he had from that plane crash, that broken back and that, and to become after that, the greatest of all time, I have number one, Ric Flair. I love it. 
I love your list. Um, you know, it's funny too, like they talked about the Ric Flair plane crash. And then when it was all for the road for him to win his first title, that was a big, big deal of it. And yes, they went back to like Harley race injuring him. And there was also the bounty placed on him, all this other stuff, but they went back to that plane crash and that whole, you yep. know, Ric Flair being laid up and sitting at home in those awesome leisure suits and those long high waisted pants. But <clears throat> yeah, man. And to think about surviving a plane crash is one thing, but having the career that Ric Flair has had has is truly, truly amazing for what the guy has done. And I like your, uh, your Jim Ross um, comparison as well. And, Surprise! It was so so high on the list, but it's your list, and uh, I just said it because of like wrestlers. But we can't do our job if we don't have the greatest storyteller out there telling our stories. And yes, it is a great comeback, for, and the fact that he's still making comebacks and still calling matches is is great. I love your list; it's fabulous. Tommy Earless was on point as well. Let's finish with the Busted Open Nation. Nation's been fantastic today. Thanks for your patience. You know, our show today is all over the place because, you know, with everything that's going on, we need a, to put a smile uh, on our faces. I think we did that, and I hope we did it for the nation as well. But let's finish with our nation. Let's go out to Daniel in Chicago. What do you got, Daniel? Daniel, you still there, buddy? Can I think you we me? lost... Yeah, what do you got, Daniel? Real quick, my friend. Oh, hey, guys. So I, I wanted to talk about uh, Daniel Bryan's uh, return from his retirement. Uh, that was honestly a beautiful moment. His his promo where he said, fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you. It was probably the first moment in wrestling that, that ever actually made me cry. And um, the best part of it was uh, his first match was at WrestleMania 34, and that was the first WrestleMania I got to to attend so it was truly a dream come true it was awesome you know what tommy you and i have talked about it very 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 underrated wrestlemania uh wrestlemania 34 in new orleans i thought was off the charts and not enough people talk about that wrestlemania as being one of the greats yeah um listen a majority of wrestlemanias have been pretty damn good and you know besides a few moments but this moment in particular where you know, you're a grown ass man and you're crying because another man's coming back is truly what wrestling is all about. And the fact that it captured so many people and you could fill a football stadium of wrestling fans is what we all long for and emotional. I mean, you think about that first WrestleMania, whenever we come out of this pandemic, it's just going to be a celebration of us wrestling fans yep. doing watching what we love is professional wrestling. And uh, I can't wait for that moment because that's a moment that's going to inspire the world. And uh, that's what we do as performers. Let's go out to Tom in Mississippi. What do you got, Tom? Uh, yeah, just wanted to uh, talk about it. I grew up in Memphis, started in the 70s watching uh, wrestling up there with Jerry Lawler. And uh, he had a classmate named Jerry Bryant um, when he went to Treadwell High School, who was a enhancement talent back in the day we just called them jobbers or jabronis but uh you know always made the 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 names look good he was a good wrestler but he worked at a car dealership and and wrestled part-time um and he was diagnosed with als you know so he came out and said i've got to retire you know i've got lou gehrig's disease well about six months eight months after that um he had one more match against Jerry Lawler and you could tell he was diminished in his capacities, but Jerry Lawler, uh, who was the Southern heavyweight champion at the time, um, put him over, put the belt on, on, uh, his, his classmate, his friend. And that was just amazing to see. I have never heard that. And I hope to find that now because that yeah. is un- you can, unreal. Yeah. You can see it probably, classic wrestling they have a fa- classic memphis wrestling i think they have a facebook page and they're putting up some of the older stories now um and so i get to relive all those 70s and 80s when i grew up you know memphis mid-south coliseum every monday night we would go you lucky son of a bitch because that was awesome 
Jerry Bryant yeah. was his name. So, Jerry Bryant. Jerry I Bryant he was a manager at one of the car, car dealerships on Covington Pike, and he, you know, he was <laughs> not a, you know, not a name, but you know, he was, in, he was the original Brooklyn brawler, I guess, you know. Uh, in the yeah, well, if you, and if you think yeah. about it, he was a name to you because you remembered that story how many years ago. And uh, thank you for your call, oh, man. That's that, awesome. Yeah. I look forward to yeah. seeing it. Yeah, definitely want to check that out. And again, it's Jerry Bryan, B R Y A N. Let's go out to Paul in Indy. What do you got, Paul? Hey guys, thanks for getting the call. Um, I like I said, I'd go back to I want to you know might not be a popular one, but Goldberg in sixteen, considering the way he left after WrestleMania twenty. Just coming back to that nice ovation in Denver, and then even in Toronto a couple weeks later against uh, Brock, you know, with the history in you know Canada having you know what happened with Bret Hart and everything, just to get the nice reception that he did in those two things, and, uh, and then, you know, just like I say, at fifty some years old, coming back in the shape he did, and you know, being a father like I am, just you know, saying that you know his first kid and letting his family see what he used to be, even though he's still kind of a shell of himself, but uh, that was one that kind of you know got it for me. So appreciate you squeezing me in, Dave and Tommy. You got it, buddy. Let's try to get one more call. And before we say goodbye, let's go out to Brian in Boston. What's going on, Brian? What's going on, guys? My question is basically for uh, Tommy. Um, Terry Funk, 2006, One Night Stand. You and Terry Funk face Mick Foley and Edge. One, how hell did Terry Funk uh, come back from bleeding his eye so bad? Because I could hear him in the corner when Mick was kicking him. Mick, my eye, my eye, and then he ended up coming back. And two, what did you say to Edge afterwards about the way he handled that match? I mean, he speared that girl. I thought he fucking knocked her out. And then just the whole how he treated her during the match, too. And I'll hang up and let you guys talk about it. Thank you. Well, uh, that was Beulah McGillicuddy. And thank you for remembering one of the best spears ever. And I told him to pin her that way. And uh, he gave a few extra pumps for uh, for me, I guess. And Terry Funk doing that was amazing. And that whole lighting of the thing uh, with the flaming uh, table, when he came across that barricade because he couldn't see, he broke his lighter. And Beulah, thinking on the fly, had an extra lighter in her boot and pulled it out just in case. And that's why she was a great manager. And we were able to pull off that spot but uh, yeah, man, that was uh, on live TV when anything happened. And Terry literally just turned to me. He's like, my thing won't work. It won't work. Look at it. And it was just bent and hanging like a wet noodle. And Beulah just pulled it out of her boot like dun, dun, dun and handed it to him. And uh, we're off to the races. But uh, yeah, the spear was amazing. But that was my idea. Uh, Edge actually, you know, back then you just did as you were told. But Edge, like said, are you sure you're okay with this? And the best part about it is we didn't tell Beulah that's how he was going to pin her. So it's all good. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.